Welcome to Toast in the Morning. It is now time to put on your big boy pants. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here we are, new scenery, new environment. We're back on Zoom, Evan. How do you feel? Sad. Very sad. But it's okay. We'll get through it. Optimistic about it. It's not like we did it for like a three month stretch or whatever. I think I think the majority of our time. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, yeah, that's true. Like a majority we'll, of our episodes. We'll see where it takes us. But this I want to I just want to hop right into it. I want to see what you're thinking. As we, right? as we usually do. The game, I'm a little heartbroken, probably a little bit more yeah. than you've been recently as a Yankees fan. You know, our yeah, no. 12 game winning streak or 13 game winning streak was snaps. A 3-2 game. We lost the game after, and it's just it's been a tough time. But it's not good. I think I can get through it. On the bright side, Kluber's coming back. Judge is playing out of his mind. Stanton's been raking home runs. Uh this is the probably the Yankees with the most upside. I'm excited to see it. Good for you. And I think Severino's getting married, even though he hasn't touched the mound in years. But good for him. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. And randomly, my Xbox just turned on, so I think this uh, room is haunted. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you can break it down for me. What's going, what's going on with the Mets right now? Because before you start ranting, it seems... Are you going to turn off your Xbox? Yes. Yeah, that was very odd. It looks like to me now you have almost like a war wage between Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor and the fans. Right? What do you say exactly? He says something like, oh, you guys are going to boo us when playing bad, so when we do good, I'm going to boo you, and he's throwing down the thumbs down. I think he was paying a little homage to the uh, it was the 2017 Yankees, I believe. Big thumbs down. But Yeah. You know, <laughs> but you know, you know the 2017 Yankees did? They won games. The Mets haven't done those. I haven't done that in a while. But they weren't. They weren't booing the crowd though. That was just like their thing. But they were also winning games. I was saying that that's you guys. On the other hand, you have a new player. Two technically two new players, but Javier Baez is the most recent one. Now waging a war against a very very passionate fan base, and it's not going well. And I believe, uh, uh, which one? What's his name? Sonny. What's the last name? Sandy Alderson. Alderson. I was, I was going to say Anderson, but it's not Anderson. Sonny Alderson. Sonny Alderson. Sonny Anderson. My, bad. My bad. Sonny Alderson. Now he spoke out, if I'm correct, right? Yep. And what, like, what, what's in store for now? Like, I know he's going to get the shit boot out of him. What's management telling me? Think, like, how do you feel? Give me the inside perspective as a Mets fan. Well, I think a lot, a lot of my fans are just waiting for uh, the day the season ends to see a lot of these people leave and get the boot. I think a lot of people are just fed up with the season, with just the on-the-field performance. But now we're kind of going back to the classic circus show that is the New York Mets with the off-the-field shenanigans. And I don't like it one bit. And... I know a lot. There's my fans that are going to be like, "Oh, yo, they're the, the front office is over exaggerating, blah blah blah." And I maybe, but I it just doesn't make sense that you're hitting what 210, 220 Javi Baez since he's gotten here, and he says shit like that. Like if you were performing well, 
go ahead. I don't care. If you wanted to keep that that shit like in the locker room, I don't care. But still, this is a very but, like coming from Chicago. You knew he was a very passionate player. He's a very ballsy yeah, player. But also, like we have like like the fact that they have not read the room that we are on the morale of the fans fan base is obviously is at the lowest point of the year mm-hmm. by far, and it might it could be the lowest point in a, in a while in the past few years. Because really? we had the, the really high highs. Uh, of, this of is this a great year. Time. Like, you guys have definitely been lower than this in terms of like how good of a team it was or winning record. But you guys had a rare thing that in the men's fan base, and that's hope you had and expectations. So that shit got absolutely shattered. It got shattered in a span of two weeks. And I, I, it just boggles my mind that he actually said that. It does, oh. and uh, Javi and Francisco Lindor and a bunch of these players are just completely fine, and people are saying, oh, it's a media, and they're saying, oh, the media spinning it. No, it's, you You literally said it verbatim, and I can't support that. Yeah, sure, we could be a little too passionate. We can go a little over the top, but, like, we come here, people, some people have season tickets. They come, to, they go to every game. They go to every game and they support you. And like, I, I don't get it. I, I generally don't get what he was going with this. Like you're turning an, your fan base even more. Like this team went from the fun, resilient underdog team to a bunch of fucking divas like that. If you like say something that. directly to Javier Baez, what would you have to say? Uh, it, I guess it was fun when we got you, but I don't care. You can go, you can sign your 200, 300 million dollar contract somewhere else because I don't want you. Don't want you. So now you haven't, you haven't, the- you haven't done anything. You, you, you haven't provided any sort of spark and you say shit like this, get lost. I don't care. So now then, where does Lindor rest in the eyes of the Mets fans? Because he's been underperforming at the plate. Well, like, let's yeah, ignore how he's still an elite defender. Don't get me wrong, but he's been extremely underperforming at the plate. Now he gets caught up with these shenanigans. Like, is he a guy you want to see be moved? Possibly because that contract's not going him. anywhere. No, you can't move him. He's unmovable. No you one's going to pick him. up that contract. Look, if he was hitting 270, 280 the entire year, I would be like, whatever. But you're hitting, he's hitting 220. Uh, you're kind of in that same ballpark but the thing is one of those one of your one of these people are is, is going to leave and the other one's going to be here for another nine years so so hopefully gotta, yeah, he's I mean, got to wake up work it out with the Mets fans because you're going to be there for a while yeah then what else in this in this dark lineup now on the bright side of Jacob DeGrom I'm pretty sure his MRA came back clean but it's not worth pitching. I'm like, saying that you're not going to pitch. Yeah, you, know, like- you, know what's, you, know, you know what's great? You know what's great about this team? I just love it so much that they that they beat the Nationals twice and they win the series and they already puff their chest and they say shit like this. Like they, they've done it before. They've done it before. So they but puff now their in chest entire- after 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 winning two three games mm-hmm. and and they're like we're back, man. This is the spark. Yeah, blah blah blah. Like haters, be- it's like oh my god. To be fair, like, so you also had a because of the what, same record as the Tigers. Two series against San Fran and a series against LA. So that's a tough one. But how many of those games were like I think it was 13, 
We played 13 games against them and went two and 11. <laughs> Terrible. Seven of those games were one score games. They could have gone 500 and probably been a game or two above 500. It's also best case scenario. Best case scenario, yeah. But also, how many one score games are you? How many times is, does this offense just do nothing? Yeah, that's the do problem. Nothing. That's, it's an offense that relies on real good pitching with lackluster bats. And that's that's another thing. You're ta- you're talking all this shit, and it's like, have you seen the besides the analytics, the basic stats, average home runs, hits on base it's percentage, bad. OPS, bottom, bottom of the league. And a lot of times, so you guys can string together a decent amount of hits, but they're never at the right time. You can never get four or five hits in a singular inning. Oh, when we you look, do. When you check when you check oh, the we, box. We, we get two, three hits to start it off, and then we go one, two, three outs, and we're done. It's probably like when you look at the box, it's like, oh, they had 13 hits this uh, game. How the hell did they score one run? Well, you know, one or two hits in inning, not scoring runs. I think you guys are one of the worst teams in terms of driving in runs. Yes. I'm not wrong. Yes. And you, it's just a lot of solo home runs. We don't hit a lot of those. But I'm saying though, when you hit home runs, there are solos, not a lot of RBIs. It's just inopportunistic hits. It sucks. But now in the, in this like disaster of a like a of a crash and burn that you guys had, as previously predicted in previous episodes, uh, where are the light spots in this roster? Like, what are you looking forward to? Um, hmm. the off season. When, do you think they'll spend we, money? Is there like a play? Do you think yeah, Alonzo is going to get a big contract? Well, you don't have to give Pete a, a big contract. Like he's really the only person, and I've been slightly critical of some of the stuff that he said in press conferences. But he's the only person that can keep his head up this entire year, and I guess Degrom too. But that was only like a short sample size. But Pete is the only person that's carrying the weight in this offense. The only, only person since the All Star break, he's been hitting the ball very well. He's mm-hmm. power. The home runs are going up. He's the only person. That again, you also brought every, everyone else, everyone, literally everyone else, you they can all walk. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, McNeil can walk. Smith, I like, I like, he's he's he was a late bloomer. He was like 26, 27. He came here and he he's had a train wreck of a year, like changing up his batting stance and approach. Although the whole I, I've I've talked about this like the past episodes, the whole approach of this offense is abysmal. Mm-hmm. Once again, coaching. It's still coaching. The players are definitely to blame, but it's also coaching. You can see a fire I, by the end of the year. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. He's you a, say they he's clean abs. Absolutely, he's a buffoon. He's an absolute buffoon. Uh, Todd Zeal, former Met catcher, he's a uh, an analyst on SNY. He said a quote. I won't say it's not verbatim, but it was the same realm. It's, it was when uh, Taiwan Walker was pitching lights out against the Giants, like last week and you know like two at bats don't go his way one i think was an error and he's 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 pitching like 73 pitches on in seven innings and they yanked him they yanked him like that and he's pretty much said there's some sometimes you just need to get off the ipad and just watch the game to to uh to rojas Mm -hmm. like the I like analytics, but I think sometimes it's just killing this sport. There is just uh, like I think it's fine 
for so analytics, analytics for, 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 for I think for scouting and you know signing players and finding talent, I think that's fine. For coaching, it's you just have the feel for the game. You have to watch the game. Chemistry is a I'm huge done. thing too. No fuck chemistry. The Mets have that, that. That was that's one of the biggest things I I hate about this team as well. It's like oh we're having fun. Oh we have great team chemistry. We brought in bias for Lindor. That hasn't worked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I like kind of one of the look at, look at the '86 team. They all hated their guts and they won a World Series. Mm-hmm. I, got, like, I mean, that, that's fair. But it's like I feel like one of the biggest criticisms I had of the Yankees in the first half of the year before the All Star break is that the lineup didn't make sense at all. Nothing flowed. There's a bunch of talent kind of just tossed together. So I think chemistry doesn't matter to a certain extent or making sure your lineup makes sense. Because look how now the addition of two, like I said, two huge lefty bats in a solid field there completely changed their path of the season. Now you guys got string hits together. You got switch up in the lineup and it made like the lineup makes sense together. No, you guys didn't add chemistry. You just added talent. That's what you added. We had enough talent, but it was talent. You got that, talent that over that put you guys over the top. No, hundred percent. The Mets didn't. We no, I completely agree. But I think if, Rizzo and Gallo are not are not lefty bats. It's not the same impact. I don't care. I just want players that fucking just play. Like I'm, mm-hmm. like the the launch angles and all this bull crap. Launch the hitting coach. Like like get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Rojas, see you later. Hugh Quacklebaum, see you later. All these I don't Ozo know who Hugh is. He is the interim uh, hitting coach, and he deserves to be fired. He is awful. Another one of these analytical guys that are just get out of here. I'm ready for football season. Just ready like this, like in a span of a month. That's how the Mets, that's what the Mets do. In a span of a month, they just know how to just twist the knife a little bit. It's like you, you for, are already on life three support. Mo- for three months. I I would say for Met fans, it was it was good. In the span of one month, one, all of it washed, done. All right. But now looking, I think that's pretty much the end of your rant, correct? <sighs> you say what you've had to say. The only, the only thing I'll have to say is, Steve Cohen, please just throw all the money to Theo Epstein to just bring in smart people. It's crazy though watching the difference in your rants. The one that we had the deleted rant because we lost the mic uh, uh, stuff. But that was that Sorry, was guys. filled with like fiery passion and anger. This is just like you've given in. Like it's over. Like it's yes. almost like sorrow and sadness. And also when you also have family just wandering around, you know, don't want to scream and at like a absolute buffoon. But I'm saying you could you could hear it, your tonality and the voice completely change. It's just acceptance of the losing. Oh yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, well. But they can't even let it, uh, whatever. But now going to the NFL season, this is one thing I want to specifically yeah. talk about. There's a lot going on. Um, actually, recently, I wanted to, oh, we'll get to the second, talk about more of the fantasy stuff. But how do you think that there's been rumors? Actually, I've seen a lot that Tua could be involved in a trade for Deshaun Watson. Nope. How, how real is that? Stop. Nope. No, I understand, I, nope. I understand that you don't want, but okay. how awesome. real is that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Zero. Zero. Yo, I'll give a one percent. I'll give one percent because I do think there is. I do think the the Dolphins were definitely interested 
in Deshaun. They probably do very much like Deshaun Watson. Who doesn't like Deshaun Watson? Okay, besides the off the field issues, on the field, a great player. He's a top five talent at the quarterback yes. position. Yes. So I would definitely think there was definitely some sort of interest to monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. But the question is how does the off the field issues and what you'd have to give up outweigh how damn good he is? Absolutely. That's you yeah, you don't trade him because mm-hmm. of that. That's what I'm saying. So I just that, wanted to hear that, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, one percent. All that don't do it. like it literally just it, it literally just came out of nowhere. And like it wasn't even like a, you know, a lot of tweets or because because no one else got anything better to do. I mean, that's fair. He was played well this preseason, and he's had a great training camp. And this really just came out of nowhere. Yeah, I feel like I haven't had too much to talk about as a Giants fan. We haven't seen the starters touch field too much. The one thing that got me nervous is Slayton got hurt, didn't play. But I saw a real nice drive by Daniel Jones in the last preseason game against. Uh, New England. Nice, yep, just nice to over the top pass, put in perfect place, touchdown. Maybe like once again, he always makes real good throws. I'm not surprised by that. As much as you want to clown him for his decision making, some of the other stuff he does, he does have some very good ball placement. But will the offensive line and his decision making in the pocket outweigh that? That's what we want to see more of when the season starts. But we'll get into that. Uh, but there's one other thing I want to say about the Giants this offseason. It's not clicking with me right now. But I think our, our season pretty much rests in the offensive line and Daniel Jones. If Daniel, Daniel Jones has all the tools now, like he has, let me put it like this. He has a better offense than I saw Eli Manning have like most of his career. I think there's a lot of uh, recognizable names. I was saying though, going back, name. those last, let's say five years Eli played, he had Odell and like a year of Saquon. At this point now, he has, even though he's come off the injury, he has Saquon, he has Kenny Galladay, giving him Sterling Shepard still, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Toney, and arguably a better offensive line than Eli had because they're both abysmal, but Eli was playing behind like the last rated offensive line. So now, well, the foot, it's, yeah. now it's time oh, for Dan Jones. Let, let's see what you got. But I, I need I need to see like like I don't even care about making the playoffs this year. I don't expect it from I don't because not even that because I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So at that point, getting a wild card slot or barely making the playoffs and losing the first round really means nothing to me. I just want to see Daniel Jones show promise of being a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's on his. He like he's on the last string. Like he's. Mm-hmm. This is make or break here. We had we had a post about that on our Instagram. Go he like was that. One, he, he, him, Odell, and, and Cam. And Cam. Uh, Cam is on very thin ice, especially because the second he slips up, Mike Jones is right there. Put him in. He's had a phenomenal preseason. And he's looking That's very fun. promising. As we, I mean, he did what we knew he could do. He didn't have overwhelming athleticism. Didn't have unreal arm strength, but he has phenomenal accuracy and is a good decision maker. And we saw that in the was, preseason. Yeah. He's making his check downs, throwing the ball accurately, mid-range, and a couple deep throws. So he's doing what he's got to do. He's a perfect build, build check guy. Also, a very good old line, too. 
I mean, that that'll definitely help. Although, and that's a staple of New England. So, but uh, who do you think? Who, who, who thinks we week one starter? Who's going to be the starter of New England? It's going to be Cam. They already announced it. It should be Cam. It will oh, is be it? Cam. Did they already? I don't think they officially announced it, but I, I think, think so. he said, kind of alluding that it's going to be Cam. Okay. Bill will never say exactly what he's doing. He'll just show up week one. It'll be Cam, but it's going to be Cam. You're going to have to start him. Yeah. Max still needs to kind of figure things out a little bit, but the second he either gets hurt or slips up a little bit, you see him throw an interception too. He'll put. He won't hesitate to put Mac Jones in the game. Yeah. But you know who's your my biggest breakout quarterback for this year? Who? And I think a dark horse for one of the best quarterbacks in the league is James Winston, and I don't care. Jameis Winston with Sean Payton post-LASIK eye surgery and been working out behind Drew Brees will have a breakout year. Let's not forget he's only one of, like, what, five quarterbacks that throw as many – how many passing yards they throw for? Was it over uh, 3,000? Like in, in that year. 3,000? 4,000? No, I think it was five, my bad. Maybe five, actually. It was five, my bad. I don't know. I said three, and he threw over 30 pass- – even though he had 30 interceptions, he had 30 touchdowns. So now, LASIK guy surgery. He said he couldn't as much as read st- uh, signs on the street. And he said he learned a phenomenal, I think he said it was something like he learned, you know, throwing the ball away and learning this better decision-making from Drew Brees. I think he's in the best position in his career. And he kind of got humbled out too, especially from being the third string last year. I think he's going to have the, he's in the best position for a breakout year. I think so too. Excuse me. That's honestly a yeah. rare Evan statement. I'm surprised by that. I don't think I was ready for you. I, 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 ready, I was ready for you to just call me out as blasphemous. I, I, I so what you say? You said like a dark horse for one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he's going to have the best breakout year, and he could even as much be a top ten guy, even from a fantasy standpoint. I'll say it like that. Okay, that's fair enough. I think there's a lot of good things, oh. especially also, coaching wise. Michael, Michael Thomas, I don't think he's going to play. He has, he's going to be injured. He's going to be out for the first, what, like six, seven weeks. And I'm pretty sure he wants out of the organization anyway, so he'll just sit out. Who are the wide receivers there anyway? I have no clue. I do have no clue. But he says Alvin Marquise Kamara. Colson. How about that? <laughs> no, there we go. But Alvin Kamara um, in the backfield. Yeah, I, yeah I, I good think, offensive line yeah, over there. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll have a good year. I, I definitely think he'll have a bounce back year and be the guy there. Well, so who who do you think is one of your big sleeper quarterbacks for this year? Two I don't want to hear two out of your mouth. Yeah, there it is. I'm sorry. It's I, I I'm confident. I'm really confident, man. I'm sorry. Weren't you confident that the Mets are gonna be the playoffs this year? Yeah. Actually, so you're wrong. confident that you guys are gonna make the World Series. No, come on. I didn't I've never said that. I'm gonna have to pull, I'm gonna have to go searching back. And that's and, and I get and if there is footage of that, fair enough. I am an idiot. Um, but I, I think it's too. He's looked really. He's looked great this preseason. Just how he moves around the pocket. Yeah, the only reason I don't say Daniel Jones is that offense line scares me. So, question. I think what what other break what other break out quarterbacks? Trey Lance, if he gets put in. Uh, he's know. a guy that I would keep on the bottom of my fantasy football bench if he does play. For now, for now. Him uh, and Deshaun are two guys I would leave sitting on my bench, one of the two, if they're available, especially if you don't have that great for a second quarterback, just in case. 
I was um, Darnold. Maybe. You know, it's also crazy too. How do you feel about um, Drew Lock not getting the starting position in Denver? And yeah, Teddy? ooh, that was interesting. I was quite surprised. I'm not gonna lie. I I I, I kind of forgot that Teddy was in Denver. I still thought he was going to be the backup there. Here's my interesting take on this. Teddy is more of a winner quarterback and better than Drew Locke, but I think it's the wrong move for the organization. As much as I don't like Drew Locke, personally, he's a very below average quarterback, but big butt here. He has more value to bring to Denver then Teddy will say, best case scenario, Teddy barely gets into the playoffs. You lose, whatever. I'd rather know what Drew gives me this year so I know, so what, you get a worse draft, but go ahead and get a quarterback than still having him as a question mark on the bench, at, bench as a young talent. Maybe. Maybe this coaching staff ha- is on the hot seat. Maybe they need a proven guy. That could be it too, but I, I just from from making most sense, I think it just makes sense to put Drew Lock out there and see what you finally have with him. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised. I saw like I was looking on like the the post on Twitter, and a lot of Broncos fans were not too pleased of it. Honestly, they were quite shocked and they were kind of sad to see that, and they wanted to see Drew Lock play. And I kind of want and, and look, I, I give Drew Lock a lot of respect for his comments. He how he came out and said. You know, it was very humbling and, you know, all that. So, hey, hopefully he can learn from this and can get that spot back. Or maybe he goes to another team and prove someone else wrong. Well, this is another one, too. Another quarterback dilemma. What's going on with Philly and Gardner Minshew? Do you think they just have there's a bet? I saw that he was like, what, their third string on the depth chart? Really? I did not see that. I think so. Who else is there? It's Jalen, Garner, yes. and Flacco. <laughs> I guess, but okay. Good value. You got him for a six pick, six round pick. Not too bad. Is Jalen Hurts though secure at number one? You think going through the year, or do you think if he starts having some bad games, they're going to throw in Minshew oh. or Flacco? Oh, the, oh yeah, they'll absolutely. Yeah, no, his. Like he'll he'll be the week one starter, but yeah, his job is definitely not. I think he has whatsoever. a he, he has a very high ceiling. Don't get me wrong, his combination of mobility and he's shown some very big playability, but still has some concerns with decision making. Kind of throws the ball, like tries to force good plays a little too often, and it kind of concerns me because he can become a very good quarterback. That's not what I need in the NFC East. So hopefully the quicker we get to Joe Flacco, the better. Yeah. The Dolphins have Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco yes, as year. you know, as old as he is now and as not good as he is, he can still win you a couple games now. Don't get me wrong. Any proven veteran can still win you some short-term games, especially against like the Giants or the Reds. He can win you a game or two. I'm not talking about over the season, but he's still a threat to win you a couple. He won the Jets a game, did he not? No. Actually, no, my bad. Oh. Sorry. For the for the Darnold. Jets. No, my bad. Darnold won the game, but I was saying he had a better, I'm pretty sure, completion percentage in yards per game than Darnold. He was he was he was making some plays in New York for then, as bad of a roster. But the year but the year before he went to Denver. That was bad. And that was that was a train wreck. But you never know. I'm still 
I, I mean, Super Bowl champion. You still got to be. Is he MVP that year? I think Ray Lewis won that MVP. I don't think so. It might have been Flacco. Uh, either way. I'm looking uh, it up, but continue. Well, I mean, that, that's really about it for Philly. Yeah. Um, they're the team I'm least concerned about in the NFC yeah. East. I'm clearly most concerned for Washington and Dallas. Dallas has the highest potential to be, once again, every year we're going to this. The roster is a top five roster in the league in terms of talent, non paper talent. What they actually Joe perform Flacco as is MVP. middle of the pack. Okay. Joe Flacco was MVP. But continue. I mean, they kind of patched up a little couple spots on defense you got. Now you're bringing out some new positions, bring out Micah Parsons. So they really, they genuinely got me really concerned. But Washington, like I said, is a quarterback away from being a serious 10 plus win team. Yeah, with a solid, with a a solid running back core, you have Terry McLaurin out there. Curtis Decent Samuel. offensive line, a very, very, very talented young defense. I guess I forgot Curtis Samuel. And you, you once again, if they were a team that ignoring allegations, you get them Deshaun Watson, they're winning 11, 12 games. Sleeper pick, uh, Logan Thomas on a tight end. Watch Logan out. Thomas says you, says you is, for, has. Says you for with Fitzpatrick. He has top tight five ends. tight end upside. Yes. Watch out for Logan Thomas. But also he's a bit of an injury concern for me. Yeah, but if he's healthy, watch out for him. Mm-hmm. But, I think uh, he could, once again, uh, yeah. you know who I think has a chance to enter that top echelon? By top echelon, I mean ignore Kelsey because he's a receiver. I'm talking like that Darren Waller level. Well, Darren Waller could still go be like Kelsey. He's also a so no, Kittle, I know, like more like I, a Kittle, but I'm saying, but where I meant was that Kelsey doesn't even, I don't even include him because he's that much on a different tier at this point than the other tight ends. But I think yeah. Hopkinson and Detroit, especially uh, with not too many other receivers around him, can put up top three, top four tight end numbers this year. He did that last year. That last year, Dan Campbell's also a tight end coach. He's been a tight end. I think he's gonna get Miami. the majority of red zone targets. I 100%. think who's who's the receivers again, from a fantasy number, Williams? He's like my number one target at tight end in the especially with his ADP at the tight end position. He's my pure favorite. Yeah, no, he's because uh, I'm not taking back. Kelsey in the first round. Kill goes a little too early for me, where I'd rather get some backs. Same with Waller. The other two one is Kyle Pitts and Hodkinson are my two favorites going into the tight end position for fantasy. And Mike Kosicki. Let's see. Then my f- chill. My favorite quarterback based on once again based He's, on ADP. But, but, I'm not but, talking about but Evan Ingram is better going to beat. Yes, um, but my Don't favorite. We've had this bet. argument before. We're not doing this again. But my favorite value quarterback going into this year easily Ryan Tannehill. With AJ Brown and Julio Jones, Derrick Henry in the backfield, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill to perform as a top five possibly quarterback, and he's getting drafted in the later rounds. He's getting taken towards the bottom of the pack. I'm taking him any day of the week. He's my favorite. Let's see. I don't want to hear you say two. I don't want to hear it out of your mouth. Running back, everyone said Eckler. It's not even a hot take anymore. Eckler's gonna 
no, not Eckler is just a baller, so I didn't want to hear it. But what back was I thinking of specifically? Edward, you know what? I'm gonna say it, and he better not prove me wrong. But you know whose year it finally is? Who's year? Get ready for Mixon to finally burst down to the stage. I'm tired of every year. Everyone's like, he's the dark horse. He's got it this year. Oh, and then he gets hurt or he just underperforms. But this is the first year he has no Giovanni Bernard in the backfield. He's looking to kick some ass. He's got some other receivers around him to take the load off where he's not the only talent. This is Joe Mixon's year. Yes. You agree? That's crazy. Uh, no, I, I like Joe Mixon. Besides his off-field stuff, that yeah, we're talking but, as a as a player. But I think once player, but you know, I've drafted him in the past. I've drafted him in the past. Mm-hmm. But he's always underperforming again because Giovanni Bernard's taking him. touches away from him. Very lackluster line still to this year, but that's not the point. But then you didn't have any receivers or quarterbacks to take off the load, so it was just like Joe Mixon. You just zone in on him; it's over. Anyways, another big target I have for PPR leagues is Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Big receptions out of the backfield. That, that that's pretty much it. He's gonna get some more, you know, red zone targets. I think he's gonna be a bigger portion in that offense in Kansas City. Yeah, watch out. Watch out. What else? What do you got from him? Uh, I don't know. You know, the thrown off because you're running around, guys. No, it's a little ticked off, but oh. it, uh, oh. Adam Frisker or Fersker tied in from Tennessee. Johnny Smith no longer in the picture. You can get him in the late rounds, like late. Watch out. Tannehill, Tannehill does like his tight ends. Who did he have in Miami? <laughs> I'm not set. Uh Charles Clay, who I liked quite a bit. And he was left good in Buffalo. Buffalo. That was about it. He was actually very good in Buffalo. He was pretty good in Buffalo and he had a pretty damn good pl- road to the playoffs card in Madden 16. Yeah, that's how did you play. Ma- did, you play did you play Madden 16? I had it. I played it for a little bit and I. Madison specifically, I played that nope. game religiously. Like out of all the Maddens, I played Madison Ultimate Team. You're just, that's why you're bad at Madden. I smack you around. No, because the game sucks. <sighs> or you're bad at it. Or the game sucks. The game can suck and you can still be bad at it. Or the game sucks. I will say I'm an I will say I'm an average player that likes to take a little too many risks. Average. I could be good when I want to be, but then I'll always play me throw, after this episode. No, I don't want to because it's a waste I'll of time. I'll bust up the old I, franchise. I still have it. No, no, we're not doing that. Trevor Lawrence. For people anyone who's listen, aware, people, we had yeah. a franchise with me, Evan, and Chris. And we kinda, it kind of got out of hand. Evan retired like in the second year. It was a good time. My offense consisted of what would I have? I had <laughs> my quarterback was Trevor Lawrence. My running back was Adam Jones. I had Terry McLaurin, Aaron Jamar Jones. Chase. What did I say? Is that Adam, Adam Jones? Jones? My bad, Aaron Jones. I had Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase. And I think my slot might have been John Rush just to be cheesy. Like, yeah, Kyle Pitts, right? And Kyle Pitts. 
you want to ride was fun for uh pete and not for the two of two of us <laughs> i don't know get, get your money up now you're funny up i don't know what to tell you well, yeah you, you, you had michael parsons and your defense was ass <laughs> whole team was ass like i i like your entire team wanted uh, big over, contracts. Like, over like overall wise like okay yeah you had the best team overall but like my team was like pretty good like overall are struggling wise. to make the playoffs but yeah we were always well the, the simulations obviously fucking whack in the game and your favorite thing was is all your players are asking for like max contracts and you're like your players are probably asking for pay cuts well who well Harvey rose was a fucking idiot so and uh, oh my gosh thinking, yeah your offensive line wanted max contracts you're like i can't pay but my <laughs> and then well, they're all you. old and they sucked yeah that was a good time Oh, then, I, oh, then I remember, I forget who you let go, but then I went and signed them. Be like, oh, it's probably a brick wall now for your offensive line. You definitely did something and no one likes you. So, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. I think I made Tev cry multiple times in that game. That game sucks. Madden 21 was an <laughs> awful time. I heard the next gen of Madden 22 is actually very promising. Okay, they're basically people right. saying don't buy it on current gen. It's the same game, but next gen. I actually, the one feature that was cool was like how the play arc gets messed up for like the stadium noise. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, they had that in like NCAA 14. I know it's an old feature, but I'm saying though, I'm glad that's back. I, I love it when uh, when Madden, when EA takes out old features and repackages them as new features. There's a word mm-hmm. for that, and I forgot what it's called. I remember learning in, in like business class. Like my first like semester, you first few semesters. That's crazy. Yeah, because I remember him like my professor saying it. I'm like, I tied to like, where have I like, seen that? Oh wait, EA Sports does that. Hey, they make Apex so they can stay. Well, that's that's like the only good. That's the only good title, honestly. They kind of keeping alive, especially a free to play good game. Well, yeah, and free to play, the, it's the, and it's the most I'll, popular BR out right now. Actually, it's I was out gonna, I was going to. I was going to say, like, oh, there's Battlefield. Battlefield's coming out, and a lot of people are really excited for the Battlefield game. Well, obviously, you got to pay for it, obviously. I'm ta- Yeah, when you say free-to-play, yeah, obviously. That's really Halo's the way to go Halo now. Infinite coming out, too. I think that came out, didn't it? Or the beta. Something came out no. for Halo Infinite. Probably a beta, but I know Infinite was supposed to come out, but mm-hmm. I, that got pushed back. So, but yeah. EA, great company. It's in the game. Used to be a great game. Uh, I said it's in I, the game. I'm say this. Yeah. It, well, it used to be a great game. Sponsors, Make college football, we'll sell out football just for you. great again. Yeah. For I'll, get ta- sure. I'll get an EA tat right here. Yeah, and I'll never be your friend again. How about that? If they're paying, paying us money, you would do it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Unless, I mean, it's yeah, at, unless, unless, unless at the very least it's like seven figures, no. So sign us a seven-figure contract, EA. You know you sign want me to it. A, sign me to a Francisco Lindor contract. Who want? Who wouldn't? And half-ass it. How about that? Pay me for a lot of money and half-ass it. What? And that's. What? Is that it? And that's pretty much what we got to say. Mm-hmm. Catch us soon. You'll see us on the socials. You see Evans Rant. You'll see that on Instagram and TikTok in a couple hours. 
Jesus don't, 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 my couple oh, you of, got probably by tomorrow, but I got nothing to do. I'm here. I'm in the I'm in the RU. I'm in the rut. Evan's still in Randolph, but we're making it work. Even as a Rutgers student, I said the, the R. Rut. No, no, no. I, when you said Randolph, it's like you said RU, and I said I'm at the, the R, R, the C. Yeah. But on that note, thank you all for tuning in. Good luck, you all. Go Yanks. Go Mets. <laughs> <laughs>